I have been sitting on an airplane when all of a sudden my seat and everything around me violently shook. Now, when that happens, there's always a couple people who let out of screams, but right after that, there's this kind of deafening silence that goes across the plane. And in my specific case, right after it happened, the pilot came onto the intercom and with a sense of calmness that almost makes you want to just shake him a little bit, says, well, folks, our left engine just coughed a little bit, so we're going to head on back to Atlanta and get it taken, get, get it looked at real quick. And everything just kind of stays quiet, and all the things that the flight attendant told you before the flight that you weren't paying attention begins to run through your mind. Like, what if the gas masks fall down? I put it on myself first, then I put it on the kids, which is kind of a funny concept within itself, because when we think about a moment of panic, when it's like, we need air to breathe, and my children are sitting next to me, there is a sense within each parent that says, I should take care of them first. And then worry about me. I mean, it just seems very Christian. It seems very biblical. Put others above yourself. But when it comes to breathing, the airlines tell you, if you don't take care of yourself first, you won't be of any help to the people around you. And it almost seems at odds with Scripture. But this is the challenging thing, is that it seems like there's some things that are just easier to focus on. Like it's easier to focus on, oh, there's so many things bad and wrong with me that I need, to, I need to fix them and I need to focus them and I need to put death to the flesh. And we miss the other half of actually caring for ourselves, not just reprimanding ourselves. And maybe this is a reprimand for not caring for yourselves. And I don't know if that's making your logic spin around, but there's this truth that as we study scripture, we see a call to balance in so many areas. Because it's true that God, he is completely just. He has a perfect sense of justice and justice must be taken out. But at the same time, he has this extravagant ability of grace that's just part of his character. And we've known so many people that they only lean towards justice. They only lean towards truth and they almost seem to forget about God's gracious character. And some people who they're just so consumed by grace that they right and wrong just disappear from their life. And there's a need for balance. You have to understand both sides. And I feel and I sense this call to, to give God every area of my life, to look at every piece and say, God, is this completely yours? And I understand that there's sinful parts of me that God is working out and I can chase those things and run after them so much that I exhaust myself in a way, that, that I beat myself up in a way that I can actually drive my life to become something that is not what Scripture describes. I can be so judgmental of myself that I immobilize myself from being who God wants me to be. Maybe you felt the same way. And today's message I want to tell you that it's, it's almost like there's this, this heresy alarm that starts to go off because today's message is about being kind towards yourself. And I think that that concept is so foreign to so many Christians. That there's something that bristles up in us that says, I'm not supposed to care about myself at all. But when we say that out loud, we understand, I believe we understand how unscriptural it is. 
that we do have to care for this body, that we do have to care for this life, that we have to live with carefulness. And I think that we've been so focused on the needs of other people that we've often missed things that we need to do for ourselves. I mean, do you remember that God actually says, one whole day a week, I want you to rest. He says, be still and know that I am God. Just sit in the quiet of who I am. And I want to bring us to this balance point. And if you have an argumentative mind, you'd be like, well, people could abuse this. Yes, I'm not talking about abusing and trampling upon the grace of God. I'm talking about a reality. And forgive my pragmatism. Forgive the fact that I'm a man and I want to fix everything. But one of the problems that we need to fix is that we've been running ourselves so ragged. We've been so hard on ourselves. We're not able to run the race that God wants us to race. We're not able to be the person that God has called us to be because of the weight and judgment that we have placed onto our own shoulders when God looks at you and says, you're my dearly loved child who's been set free from all of those things, who've been called to make a difference in this city and has been, been called to live their life in a balance that includes rest, that includes working hard for the kingdom, there is an appropriate amount of stress that should be felt in our life if we're trying hard. But some of you guys have been carrying an amount of stress that God would not want to be on your shoulders. And today, we're going to look at some scriptural passages. We're going to look at God's view of kindness towards us. And we're going to bring our mind we're going to bring our actions and our week's schedule in line with what God thinks. So if you have your Bible, open with me to the book of Ephesians. We're going to be looking into chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. And we'll put this up on the screen. And it says, So we praise God for the glorious grace He has poured out on us who belong to His dear Son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that He purchased our freedom with the blood of His Son, and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. God is rich in kindness. And there's so many more talked about virtues in scripture. It just seems like they have more popularity to talk about bravery and courage, holiness, love even, because it relates to how other people should be treated, the power of God, the authority of God, but we miss the importance of just the simple, mundane kindness. I mean, God's kindness was, is best displayed in this, that while we were still enemies, Christ died for our sins. I want to remind you, God, his character, who he is, he doesn't give us what we have earned or what we have deserved, because that would be wrath. He has given us mercy and grace. His kindness, it is poured out. It is abundant. And so how does that pour into the way that his church acts? Kindness, just, just the simple quality of kindness. If our heavenly father is rich in kindness, does it feel like the church is impoverished in kindness. That if his characters, if his characteristics are supposed to flow through his people, then where, where is kindness gone? 
Uh, I, I want to tell you, you know, I, I understand, I get it, that, that there are people that are driving down Del Prado and they're in the far left lane and they're going slower than everybody else and they deserve to be yelled at. They deserve to be corrected. There are people in our life that they deserve to be embarrassed and maybe we're the one to give it to them. But I hope the spirit of God just wells up in your heart that when you're ready to pour out judgment, you can't help but just let the kindness that he has poured into your life flow into their life. That you understand, I have been the idiot. I have been the one who hurt other people. I have been the person who felt so stressed out and so busy by their schedule that they don't have time to put the grocery cart back into the place that it should go. I've been that person, all the things that annoy you. I hope that the Spirit of God whispers and says, you've been that person. And so when you could show wrath, give kindness instead. When you could show judgment, because your heavenly Father has been so kind to you, he has been so rich in kindness, you can't help but be rich in kindness towards other people. And I think that that's easy enough. But when you look at yourself, that same kindness that you can give to someone else, are you able to, to give it to yourself? To say, you know what, those, those mistakes, they were real, and I don't want to make them again, but I'm going to stop holding myself accountable for them because I've given it to God, and I'm going to be free of that. All of the expectations this might seem <laughs> like something simple, but it's something that you should recognize. There, there are certain expectations that we would not put on another person, that we would not put on our children because we realize they are unkind. But I believe so many of you guys have allowed expectations to just rest on your shoulders, a weight on your back. And it's not, it, it doesn't line up with God's view of kindness to continue to put that on yourself. That in order to be who you need to be, you need to let go of those things. And the importance of being able to be kind, to be able to forgive yourself, to be, to be able to allow yourself to carry the light burden that Christ has for you instead of the heavy one that you've carried for so many years, the importance of that can't be overstated because the way that you treat and think about yourself will bleed out into all of your other relationships. It'll affect the way that you treat your coworkers. It'll affect the way that you raise your children. It'll be on display that they will understand. Mom or dad is more happy when I check these boxes. That, that if I don't have all high A's, that if my room is not always clean, that if I don't make the basket, that if I don't run the fastest, that if I, if I don't look the best, if I don't have these boxes checked, then I don't get mom or dad's full love. And why does the mom or dad do that to their child? Because it's what they've been doing to themselves. And so I can't overstate the importance of, of getting this right, of getting your view of yourself and your expectation of yourself right. And that expectation, it, it's not just to be made up, it's to be looked at and said, what does scripture say about who I am supposed to be and how I'm supposed to be? I mean, one of the biggest answers to how we're supposed to operate is found in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 12, verse 30. And Jesus is speaking here, and we'll put this up on the screen. And he says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, 
with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Okay, most important command. Jesus is laying it out here. When you love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, it's saying, I bring each of those areas into agreement with the way that God says they should be. You know, starting with love for God, that he's first in my heart. And so when he's first in my heart, my pride, my ego, my expectations, they all get moved aside. The emotional draw that I feel to fulfill those things are put to the side to honor God, that he's gonna be first in that place. That my soul and my emotions and my inmost being, I'm gonna put God first in this place, in my mind, the way that I think about things. The things that I think about, I'm gonna put him first. So I think that when we put him first, when the mind is committed to see how God sees things, we have to look at our life, we have to look at our schedule, say, okay, what does God think about that? Does God think that from sunup to sundown, I should just run myself ragged? Does he want me to be so busy taking care of other people's needs that I never spend a quiet moment alone with him? That, that, That my pastor, he challenged me, one minute, twice a day to just spend a, t- a short amount of time with God saying, I give you everyone and everything, God, but I've been so busy that I haven't even done it. You know God doesn't want you to move at that pace. It's not effective to move at that pace. And if you're gonna say, I'm gonna love God with all of my heart, all of my mind, all of my strength, then there's some things that are gonna need to shift and change. Because man, we gotta use our strength for God. Like we've gotta work hard for him. But if you work so hard that it no longer becomes about him, who are you really working for? What are you trying to make happen? This sense of kindness that we need to express to ourselves, it enables us to live the life we're supposed to live. And that might sound flowery, flowery, it might sound not spiritual enough, but you want to know what kindness towards yourself is bucking up against, what it's fighting against? Ego. I don't need rest. I don't, I don't need forgiveness. I, 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 I'm doing just fine on my own. Pride, ignorance, to continue to destroy yourself with the way that you live, to continue to beat yourself up, to continue to carry the heavy burden that we talked about last week, to continue to hold on to that. It's not spiritual, it's prideful. To not allow yourself to receive with joy the rest that God calls you to take, to not allow yourself to receive the love that he would pour into your life, to not allow yourself to to experience the kindness that he is so rich in. It's a reflection of pride and ego, not spiritual, not scriptural, not Christ honoring. Christ lived the sinless life and died a death on the cross to adopt you into his family. And you should be treated like a child of God. You should treat yourself like a child of God. Our pride says we should be perfect. 
But the spirit of God in us says you should progress. Our ego says we should always be right, that we should argue our point, argue our case. The spirit of God says you should be learning all of the time. And so it's time to move towards this sense of peace and away from this sense of pace. This pace that we've been living in, it's time to say there's some things that I can't do to do the things that I really have to do. There's some things that I've been keeping track of that I can't keep track of anymore. There's some commitments that I'm gonna have to back out of and it's gonna hurt my pride and my ego a little bit because I committed to something that I shouldn't be doing. I'm gonna tell you, step into that moment and allow yourself the kindness to fix a situation. Don't pretend like it's all okay. Allow yourself to have been wrong. Allow yourself to take the steps that you need to. We need to move from the pace we've been moving at into a place of peace. All of the spoken and unspoken expectations that you've been carrying, it's time to figure out what am I actually supposed to be focused on? And I believe that it can be described as an act of kindness when you look at the life you've been living and you eliminate things that were good but things that are not currently necessary. Expectations that maybe would seem scriptural and godly, but right now, these are the places God has called me to focus. It's unkind for me to continue to try to do everything. So I'm gonna do the things that he's called me to do well. We're gonna love God with all of our mind, all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our strength. And when you do that, you're saying, I'm gonna take breaks that I'm gonna have a Sabbath. And Jesus described the most important commandment and then he went to what he said was the, the next one that is like it. And this should be familiar to you. He says, love your neighbor as yourself. Mark 12, 31, love your neighbor as yourself. This is that continuing thought. And I love what C.S. Lewis says about this command because he says, love your neighbor as yourself would be a horrible command if self were simply to be hated. Let me say that again. Love your neighbor as yourself would be a horrible command if self were simply to be hated. If the love that we have for ourselves is supposed to be a guide to how we love our neighbor, it's a very interesting attack to continue to attack the person, the individual Christian, to convince them that they're worthless, to convince them that they're not able to do anything, to convince them that they don't deserve rest. And so when we don't deserve that, it becomes easier and easier to force that on other people that, that you don't deserve any rest, you don't deserve any good thing, you don't deserve any appreciation. You don't deserve any encouragement. I made it through life without ever hearing those encouragements from anyone that was above me, so why should I give it to you? I didn't need it. It'll make you stronger. No, <laughs> no. You're a dearly loved child of God who's been forgiven, who's being empowered, who's being led, and you're supposed to understand who you are to God. And that love that God has for you, that he is rich in kindness, that he has poured that into our lives. It's supposed to change the way we see ourselves. And the, the way that we love our neighbor is supposed to be as ourselves. I mean, this is an essential passage to the Christian faith. It, it's a difficult truth. And, and I want you to see 
that the way that you see yourself is affecting the way that you treat other people. And the way that we see ourselves, I believe that it has been damaged by all of these images that were continually taken in because this is, this is what I see happening. Online, you see a picture of what you think you should look like. That online, you hear a story about how much money someone made by your age and you feel like you're insignificant. I mean, it's, it's affected so many different areas and it, it, it's just all of the, this media that we consume, it's these whispers that whisper to us of how we failed. And, and it's impacted everything. I mean, it's created this one-up culture that, that there was a lady who, who made a cake to do a gender reveal. And when she cut into the cake and it showed the color of what baby she was going to have, it created this trend that has gone so far that people for their gender reveals of they're going to have a baby and they're going to let everybody know what the baby is, a boy or a girl. They have created a literal bomb that went off to show a color that set a forest fire. There is this gravity towards just doing more and more until things blow up, (laughs) until we just run ourselves ragged. And I want to tell you the most kind thing that you can do for your neighbor, the the most powerful thing that you can do for the kingdom of God is to allow yourself to be kind to yourself. To say, I understand I could do all of those things, but this is not the time for me to do them. I understand other people have done more, I don't have to do what they do. I don't have to one-up them. I have to do what God has asked me to do. Because these expectations that we've been carrying have been unhealthy. They've been unkind. You know, just in this last week, it's been a weird week for me. We, we had a number of people in our church um, who, from different family events and things around the city, they, they contracted COVID and they tested positive. And so we're trying to provide care for them. We're trying to make sure that there's no transmissions that occurred here at the church. We're trying to make sure that everything is as clean as it possibly could be. We're trying to make sure that the year end stuff and the year beginning stuff is going the way that it should be. It's a busy week here. It's a stressful week here. And I'm understanding I have to record a service and I need to get it done by this day. And I'm sitting here, I'm writing this message and I'm like, Paul, you've got to write this message faster about being kind to yourself, encouraging to other people. Get it done. And in this this moment of me just placing this unnecessary burden on my own shoulders to move at a certain pace and schedule, and I'm sitting here literally trying to type on my computer about encouragement and kindness, it was just like the Spirit of God just straightforward whispered to my soul and said, Paul, if you want me to be a part of this message, you're going to go home and you're going to be a good father. You're going to be a good child to me, your heavenly father. And you're going to pick this up tomorrow. I don't care if it's in your schedule. Because you move at my pace. God in his spirit, I believe, he will speak to his children. And he will direct them with authority. Out of kindness and love. And I believe. That if you belong. To Jesus Christ. There are times where you will hear his whisper of saying what you're doing to yourself right now is not okay. The way that you're treating yourself, I would never allow anyone to treat my child that way. And I believe that there's some steps that you need to take in regards to your schedule, in regards to your expectations, 
in regards to the way that you speak to yourself that you need to bring in line with what Scripture says, that you need to bring in line with the character of God and how he expects his children to be treated. Because I want you to treat your neighbor well. I want you to treat your children well. I want you to treat our city well. And I believe that that starts with allowing God's kindness to be felt within your own life. Maybe for you that means I need to, I need to respect the Sabbath and make it holy, that I have a day of rest and I hold to it. Maybe there's expectations and commitments that you need to let go of. Maybe there's timelines that you need to release. Maybe there's a picture of who you need to be that you need to let go of and just be the child of God that you know you should be. And that is a huge part of this. The the beginning of Ephesians verse 6, and that is a huge part of this, that Ephesians verse 6, Six says, so we praise God for his glorious grace. He has poured out, who is he poured it out on? Those who belong to his dear son. I believe this experience of God's kindness in our life and in our heart, it should be felt, it should be known. But I believe that it is known from that point on forward where you say, Jesus, you are the Lord of my life. You are the Lord of my heart. I believe that you are who scripture says you are. And I will give my life to you. And at the point where you authentically from your own heart say, God, I give you everyone and everything. You are Lord. God causes spiritual rebirth to happen. your, Your sins, your past mistakes, they are wiped clean. They are as far as the east is from the west. God has dealt with them. And you need to let those mistakes go as well because he has dealt with them. And you're a child of God who, God in his richness, showers you with kindness. And you need to allow that kindness to take root in how you live. There are practices, there are behaviors, there are patterns in your life of how you have treated yourself that have not been kind. And God in his mercy, God in his love, God in his justice, says, don't live like that anymore. You are my child, and I have shown you the way. And if you are here today and you're saying, you know, I don't know that I've ever made that decision. I don't know that I've ever given God everyone and everything. I don't know that I've ever given God my whole heart. Then pray with me. And I believe your heavenly father is gonna begin to show you a better way. Let's pray together. Jesus, I thank you for your incredible love that doesn't just save us from our sins, but it saves us from ourselves. That the the expectations and the weight that we place on ourselves, you take that. And Lord, we give it to you. We thank you that you've called us to be kind to others, that you've called us to love other people, and we know that that starts with how we see ourselves. So we thank you that your son died on the cross to pay for our sins. We thank you that you have a calling and a purpose for us, that you have a mission ahead of us. Help us to be faithful in the way we live our lives. In Jesus' name.